This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. It must be God, because it's so bright. It must be God. He was very excited. He found God. I found God. It's the sun. But then at night, the sun went down. So that was the end of that. <laughs> he thought it was the moon and the stars. But in the day, the moon and the stars were out. He did a Chagadja, really. That's what happened. He went through the whole Chagadja. That's exactly what happened. He went through the Chagadja. Then he said, oh, um, it, it, it must be water. Right, because maybe they had a Niagara Falls over there, and it was like powerful water. So there must be water, but then he saw an animal drinking the water. Um, they said it must be animals. Then he saw the animal, you know, cut up in the butcher store. She said you can't cut Hashem up and make, you know, make uh, flanking and put him in a, in a chilling pot. It can't be hit. It can't be that. Oh, the human being who chopped, who killed the, who killed the animal. That must be God. And um, one of them thought he was God. His name was Nimrod. He said he was God. And um, Abraham Avinu saw a funeral and he saw a, a person that was dead and the person couldn't see or talk or so he said God can't die and he came to this logical conclusion that all these different things are all different things in God's world so it was work he didn't just walk into a class and open up a safe and like oh I believe um, and all of them all of them worked and and you know Rachel Imenu she's called Mama Rachel right some good songs <laughs> Mama Rachel right you know that you can sing it for us. Um, so why is she called Mama Rachel? What happened to Mama Rivka? And, and Mama Sara? And Mama Leah? No, we don't have a Mama Leah, we don't have a Mama Sara, we don't have a Mama Rivka. But they were the Imahos. So why is specifically Rachel Imenu called Mama Rachel? Not only that, for those who are listening don't know what Mama means, it means Mother, Mother Rachel. Not only that, it says that Hashem listened to her cries why? Why her? What was special about Rachel Imenu? So you all know the story. What do you mean? What was, what was special? She gave up her husband for her sister. She's a big tzaddikista, you know. She was on a very high level. She was a she was a very big tzaddikista. So I want to read you a medrash. It's a, it's actually a pesichta in in the medrash of Eicha. So everyone in this room should understand why she's called Mama Rachel and. What we should what we should strive what we should strive to do. So here's the following. So he says the following. Omar of Shmuel Nachman, Shmuel Nachman said, Hamigdash, when the Beis Hamidrash was being destroyed, Avraham Avinu came in front of God. he cried, and he pulled on his beard. With Tilas he pulled on his hair. Umakas Panov, he hid himself in the face. The Kairos begadov, and he and he ripped his clothing. The Efa Aroishai, and he and he um, and he put um, ashes on his head. The the base Hamidash, the Seifei B'Tzayik, and he was he was walking through the you know Beis was burning, and he was walking through the Beis Hamidash, and and he was crying. So he said, he said to God, why are you treating my children like this? Why are you treating us differently? Wiping us out, destroying the base of Mikdash, right? I've come to, 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 to such a terrible embarrassment. But God, this is very important, God was sitting on his Kisei Sheldin. He was sitting on his throne of Din. And he told Avraham Avinu, I can't help you. I'm sorry, I can't help you. I'm, he's on, he was in the in, the, in din, and in din there was no rachamim at that point. And Hashem said, "No, I'm destroying Klai Yisrael." 
So Yitzhak Avinu, now who woke them up to the whole thing? So it says Yirmiyo a little bit before. The, the, the Navi Yirmiyo told the always of saying, get up, get up, get up, and go in front of Hashem. You got to do something. They're wiping out the Jewish nation. The Romans are wiping out the Jewish nation. You got to do something, right? So Rabbi Yirmiyo Hashem said, sorry, I can't help you. I'm, I'm, I'm in din right now. I can't help you. Pasach Yitzchak. So Yitzchak said, okay, let me try. And Yitzchak said, Yibani Shloyalam, Kishamali Ava, when I asked my father, who are you bringing up for a carbon? I see a knife. I see wood for fire and flint. I don't see any animals. Like, where is the sheep? And Rabbi said, uh, you are the sheep. So Yitzchak said to Hashem, when the base of Israel was being destroyed, I didn't, I didn't tell my father not you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't contradict what you told my father to do. When the Kadeshi Britain leaving, I told my father to tie me on the Mizbeach. I put out my neck underneath the knife, and and you won't remember this, and you won't forgive my children, right? You won't have pity on my children. And Hashem said, no, no, did. All right. So Avraham Yitzchak didn't work. Pasach Yaakov, Yaakov came running. Bainish for 20 years, I was in Beis Lavan. And when I left Beis Lavan, Asaph came and wanted to kill all my children. And I went in front of them. I was willing to give up my life for them. He said, I brought them up. I brought the Shvatim. Your Shvatim. I brought them up like, 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 like little chicks coming out of an egg. I took care of them. And I had, you know, and I, had I was in so much sour with Yosef with everything went down to the Come on. You're not going to pity my children? And Hashem said, No. So now, who was left? Moshe Rabbeinu. Pasach Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu got up in front of Hashem. And he said, Wasn't I a good shepherd for the Jewish nation? For 40 years, I, I, I ran in front of them like a horse. By midway the desert. And we came to Eretz Yisrael, right? You, you didn't let me into Eretz Yisrael. And I, and I was willing to have my mechenin of a I was willing to have my name wiped out for Christ. Well, come on, have pity on them. And Hashem said, no. So we were in big trouble, guys. Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe. That's it. We had our, our, our Shlosha Avos and our leader, Moshe Rabbeinu. And Hashem said no to all of them. So I guess Yimiyo didn't go to the Imahos figuring that if Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov and Moshe can't get it done, then Sarah Ruch are not going to get it done. Now listen to this unbelievable medrash. But Eishashah, at that moment that Moshe Rabbeinu was turned away, Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov were turned away, Kaftzah Rachel, with Ne'akadosh Baruch Rachel jumped up. In other words, she wasn't called. But a mother, when her children are in danger, she doesn't wait for you to call. So she jumped up on her own. But Amra and she said, now she should understand who Rachel Yimeinu was. Today was the yard site, right? But Amra she said, Master of the world. We didn't learn this in Yeshiva. I promise you, nobody learned this in Yeshiva. It is revealed in front of you. That Yaakov, your servant, Ohavani Ava Yusera. Loved me with a very extra powerful love. Now she's talking to God, Rachel Yimeinu. And you know, she said, that he really loved me a lot. 
And he worked for my father, for me, to get me for seven years. And when the seven years were up, now most people don't know this. And it was that night that I was supposed to marry my husband. Lavan came to Rachel. So Rachel was in on this. Yoitz Avi, my father came to me, that he wanted to make a switch with me for my husband, right? Why don't you want to make a switch? For my sister. As Laban said, older, the oldest one goes first. So it wasn't that Laban did this behind Rachel's back. He went to Rachel and said, Listen, I know the deal I made with Yaakov that he's going to work for you, but that's not what's happening tonight. Tonight we're going to make a switch. Now, the way we learned it, right? The way we learned it is Rachel was such a big tzaddikistah that she said, oh, you, you want me to make a switch? Okay, I'm, I'm gonna, my, my sister's going to be embarrassed and, and, and I wanna, I'm, a, I'm a big tzaddikistah. I want to make sure she's not going to be embarrassed, so I'm going to tell her the simon, the secret code. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. Just the opposite. Says the Medrash. Well, shall I this was very hard for me. I didn't, I'm not giving up my man. I'm not giving up Yaakov Avinu to Leah. Why should I do that? Because my father wants to trick him. He loves me. I'm not giving up. It was very hard for me, she said. So what did I do? I'm like, this is not happening. I am going to double cross my father. So I went and I told my husband, I gave Yaakov the secret code. She said, totally opposite of what we know. The Medrash says that she went to Yaakov. She said, listen. You know, my father tonight, he's trying to pull something over here and, and he wants you to marry Leah. No way. I'm going to give you a code. And that way that when you're with her, you're going to ask the code and she won't know the answer. You'll know it's not her. It's not me. It's her. She was giving him a foolproof way that she would not be, she would not be, that, she, that, that he would, Yaakov would not be fooled. It was her idea to give him a secret code. Now, if you want to know the secret code, if you can give me a sitter from the back, okay? Give me a, a sitter from the back for a minute. An Ashkenaz, if there's one there. Excellent. An Ashkenaz? Okay, good. Let me tell you what the secret code that they made up. So they have this. So, so, so at this point, guys, Rachli Menu said, no, my sister's not taking my place. This is my man, and he worked for me, and we love each other. No. So, Yaakov, let me tell you what's going on here. Tonight, my father's going to try to pull something off, so I'm going to give you, we're going to do a secret, a secret code between us, and that way you'll know if my father, if, if it's Leah, not me. So in, in Friday night, um, Friday night, in Mishnah Zayin, Bama Madlikim, in Shabbos, it says the following. Three things when the man comes home, right, to the house Erev Shabbos, Right? Not who took my shampoo out of the shower. That's not what you're supposed to ask. But 
What is he supposed to say? Three things he has to say Right before he gets dark is what he has to say. Isartem, did you give my sir? Did you take Chalach? Araftem, do we have an Erev? Hidliko Asamer, did you light the candles? So, shh. Yaakov said, this is going to be the simon. The simon is that when we're in the room together, I'm going to ask you, what are the three things that a man has to say when he comes into the house Friday night? And you're going to answer me, Araftem, Asartem, Araftem, Aliko Asamer. Perfect. So Rachel and Yaakov have the secret code. He's going to ask what are the three things. She's going to answer the three things. Now, Leah didn't know this. So for sure, if, if there was a switch, Leah won't have the answer. And we, we, we're we going to bust her. We're going to bust the whole thing up. Right? Okay, so that's what she told Yaakov Avinu. Don't worry about it. We're good. My father's trick is not going to work. Fine. So we see from here that she was very human, that she, she, she wanted to be with Yaakov. She said, it was very hard for me, this, this, what my father wanted to do, right? And I'm the one who came up with the, with the way to break the trick. I'm the one who came up with the secret code, the three things that a husband has to ask when he comes into the house. But then what happened, says the Medrash, later there. And it says very clearly, and now don't forget, she's telling this to God, so we know this is true, because God knows what's going on in the heart of a person. So she's telling this to God. God already knows it, but she has a reason that she's telling this to God. So she says, Ula'acha came, after I came up with this master plan, how to bust my father's whole plan, and not let Leah marry Yaakov, Nichamti Biatsmi, she said. I, I, I looked into myself, and I felt bad what I just did. I felt bad that, at the end of the day, if it's going to be my sister, and she's not going to know the code, She's going to be so embarrassed because Yaakov's going to run out of the room. Everyone's going to want to know what happened. I worked on myself and I had charata. I had charata that I gave my husband the secret code. I had charata that I was going to embarrass my sister. It bothered me. So sometimes we have that, right? We make a decision and it's a bad thing to do. And then we think about it and we're like, I shouldn't do this. Right? This is what happened by Rachel. But listen to what happened. So, first of all, she said, I felt bad what I was about to do. The Savathias Tavasi, and I controlled my lust. I controlled my wanting to be with Yaakov Avinu. I controlled my Taiva, she said. And then, she says, Tashem, and then, then I felt, I felt pity for my, for my sister. And the question here is, it should be the other way around. I felt pity for my sister. I controlled myself. And therefore I changed my mind. Not, I changed my mind. Why'd you change your mind? Why'd you change your mind? If you, the pity came later. If you didn't have pity on her, why'd you change your mind? So it, at first it says, I changed my mind. I controlled my lust. And then I had pity on her. No, you had pity on her. So you controlled your lust and you changed your mind. And the answer is, very important answer. That, and we're doing it like this. I don't think we have to do it. We have, we, we're doing it like this. See what's going on here? I think it's good. I think we'll just shift it over. Huh? I mean, if you want to, whatever. Huh? 
you, you want to do the video? Are you, it's on? Yeah, no, it's on. Okay, fine. So, but I think I'll have the whole. Just right. leave it all Just leave them both on, Leave them both on. Okay, we'll leave everything on. All right. So anyway, so you understand the question? It should say first she had pity. You know what? I have pity on my sister, so I'm going to control myself, right? And then once I'm in, I, I really feel bad what I was about to do. So it's a very important lesson. And the lesson is like this. Pity is not a midah, really. In other words, if you're... We, we know that the Nazis, the Mashiach Law, had no pity on human beings, right? They had crazy pity. when They were very known to have pity on dogs. They were very crazy. If a dog was suffering, they would do anything to save it. They're German shepherds, they're dogs. But human beings, they wouldn't. We know there, there are certain place people that are very worried about animals, but they don't worry about they don't worry about human beings. So you could have a guy that's abusive at home, he beats his kid, he beats his wife, right? And he walks into the street and there's a beggar sitting on the floor and he's in clothing, ripped in clothing, and he has nothing to eat and he's starving. And he's like, please feed me. This same guy was beating his wife and beating his kids, we'll give him a dollar. Why? Because he has a moment of pity. It's not a midah. So you could be the worst person in the world, the biggest Russia, you can have pity. You know, you see something that, that bothers you you, 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 you see a cat stuck under a rock, a rock fell on it, and you're oh, you never look at this poor little cat, and you take the rock off. You know, you go home, and you beat everyone up, right? So, so pity can be a momentary thing, not a midah. What happened here, and this is a very big lesson from the Medrash, the first thing she did to change your midos to become a rachli menu, the first thing is, what did she say? Nichanti me. First, I worked on myself. I first worked on myself. I looked at myself and said, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? You're, this, you come up with a whole, a whole sinister plan to embarrass your sister? What's going on with you? So Nichanti, I felt bad. Like, what am I doing? She said, and when I realized and I said, what am I doing? I said, so why? Listen carefully, because it's a very weird word. This tavasi bit, this lust. What, what does that mean? So she, she looked in the mirror and maybe she said to herself, why, why am I willing... Why, and that's a time, it doesn't mean a physical time. Why am I willing to, to, to throw my sister under the bus and come up with this whole thing because this is my Taibot, he's mine. But when she worked on herself and she looked in the mirror and she was, she was misogging her midos, she said, then I was able to say, why do you want to do this? Because of your lust? So you have to break your lust. So she broke her lust. After she was misogyn, says says so. Then what happened? The savati is tavasi. I was able to look in the mirror, look at myself, and then I was able to control myself. That rachmanis is not a rachmanis, a momentarily rachmanis. Where okay, in this case, I'm, I, no, that rachmanis. The person changes from within, and he has rachmanis on everybody. He has rachmanis on his kids. He has rachmanis on his wife. He has rachmanis on his students. He has rachmanis on a bird. And he has rachmanis on, 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 on an ant. He has rachmanis on everything. Because he himself worked on himself, and he broke his taiva. Because most of the time, you don't have rachmanis because you know who I am. What do you mean? I should have pity on you? Look, look at you. Look who I am. You're poor. I should have pity on you because you're poor. I'm a rich guy. I'm powerful. You're a nobody. So when a person looks in the mirror and he works on himself, it comes from a very different place. He gives tzedakah to the poor man, but not because, like, oh, you're poor. Yeah, okay, I feel bad for you today. Tomorrow, I don't feel bad for you anymore. No, you feel bad for the person all the time. So by her, it went the other way around. She worked on her midos, she controlled her taiva, and therefore she had rachmanis. Godless. Okay. So now this is who we're talking about, and she's talking to Hashem, and she's saying, look how much work I did on myself. Wait, wait, we're not done. So she says to Hashem, why did I do this? Shleitete lecherpo. So that she, she doesn't she doesn't get embarrassed. Uli Erev, 
And that night, they, my husband ended up with Leah instead of me because I gave her the simonim. Now, everyone, when they learn this, they think that she called over Leah and she said, listen, we got this whole trick going down and my husband and Yaakov is going to ask you this question and this is what you should answer because I did this whole thing with Yaakov. I had a whole plan to break it up. It's not what happened. It's not what happened. What happened? <coughs> so if you go to if you go to Pasha Vayetze, uh, when I was teaching it this week, my seminary girls were so going crazy. They were very angry at Leia Imenu until I explained to them what was going on, right? Um, so Ruvain, tell you a true story about this. So so Rachel had no children, right? And Leah had Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, and Yehuda. Okay, she had four kids. Rachel had no kids. One day, now the way it worked in those days is that every wife had her own tent, had her own house. In other words, it wasn't the husband had four wives in the house, and then it, it wasn't sneeistic that they should all be in the same house, and one night he's in one room, and the next night he's with, with another one in another room. So the way they did it was each woman had her own tent. And then the night that the husband would be with that woman, he would be in her tent. So she'd have her own furniture, her own tent, her own bed, her own everything. And he would go into that tent. One day, Ruvain, which was the oldest son of, of, of Leah, went into the fields, and there's something called Dudaim. Dudaim, I saw this plant. Dudaim is a, is a very scary-looking plant. And it has the power, if someone can't get pregnant... Even if they can't naturally get pregnant, it has the power, if you eat the seeds of it, that the person could become pregnant. Okay? Now, they knew that in those days. Ruvain came running to his mother to say, now she stopped giving birth. We all know this, right? She had Ruvain, Shimon, Lady Yehuda. When it came to Yehuda, right? So she said, oh, this time I'm thanking Hashem. Why? Because there were four mothers, four women that were married to Yaakov. So they thought each one was going to have three. But now, when she had Yehuda, she had a fourth. So she realized she's having more than everybody else. So she said, Pam, this time, Hashem, I'm thanking Hashem. And Hashem said, oh, for the first three, you don't thank me? You know, you have to have an extra, you have to have something extra to thank me? You don't have a car type. So what happened, after Yehuda, the Apostle says, she stopped, she stopped having children. She had four, it stopped. That's not a car when, when you have extra money, that's when you're thanking me? With all the other, when you have extra health when you're thanking me, and the regular health that I give that you wake up in the morning, that you're not thanking me for? So she stopped giving birth. So Yusufa was all excited. My mother stopped giving birth. I found out Duim. Duim, I found Duim. I'm going to bring it to my mother. She's going to get pregnant again. She's going to be so happy. So, so Reuven comes from the, in, in the harvest of the wheat, and he has his Duim. And he, and he comes to the, to, and, he, and, he, and, and, and Russell says, What do you got there? And he says, I found Duim. So Rachel went to Leah, and she said, oh, I can have children now. She said, how does that do to him, right? So she comes to her sister. Listen to this. He went out to the harvest, and he found Dudaim in the field. And he brought it to his mother. And Rachel says to Leah, Could you please, I have no children, you have four. Could you give me those Dudaim? Now, guys, Rachel Emanuel gave her the secret. She stopped her from being embarrassed. She got her to be married to Yaakov. Give her the dudaim. Hello, you have four kids. 
You owe her a big one. I mean, she really, she really killed herself for you. Now, Leah was one of the imams. Leah says to Rachel, give you a dudaim. I should give you a dudaim. Isn't it enough? You took my husband? Now, now it's not bad enough you took my husband. You want to take my dudaim? What's going on over here? You, Rachel should have said to her, I took your husband? You took my husband? I gave you this whole secret that you'll be able to trick Yaakov. You took, I took your husband? What are you talking about? She didn't say one word. What did she say? But she said, I'll make you a deal. Okay. You don't want to give me the dudaim? I'll make you a deal. Tonight is my turn with Yaakov Avinu. I'll give it up to you. You give me the dudaim, I'll give you my night. Now, it wasn't a pushra thing, a simple thing. Right? I'll give up. In fact, Yaakov was angry. You can't. I'm not a place. You can't give me away. You know, tonight, you make, you can't make deals. Okay? But listen to what happened. So, so, he said, okay. Rachel said, Yaakov will be with you tonight. If you, if you give me the dudaim. So my, my seminary girls are going crazy. They're like, how could, how could they do that? How could you do that? She, she did everything for her. She gave her everything. How could she say to Rachel, you stole my husband, so if you want to make a deal, what's going on over here? Leah was one of the emos. She wasn't stomach girl. So what's going on over here? And the answer is, now, I just have to tell you about Dudaim. So, you know, you, you read this in the Torah. Okay, so is it, what, what are these things? Like magic? So I was married for a long time. I didn't have children. And one day, my father, Olashon, called me from Eretz he was very close to this Makubal. And he said that this Makubal's son, do they even grow in the field? It only grows in, in, the, in the harvest time, in the wheat field, once every 20 years, once every 15 years. They're very unusual plants. And my father said that this Makubal knew I didn't have kids. And he told my father, you know, you help me out a lot financially if you want. It, it, my, my, my son just came and he, he has the plant. So if you want to take it for your son, my father called me up. You believe in this? Do you want to do it? I'm like, uh, listen, I'm not having, I went, well, the doctors is not worried. Bring it home. <laughs> Bring it home. So he brought it home when he came back from Eretz Yisrael. He brought it home. And it doesn't come with instructions. Right? It's a very weird looking plant. It, it look, whatever, I don't want to tell you what it looks like. But whatever it looks like, you can know that it has to do with reproductive, reproductive things. So it has seeds in it so I didn't know what to do so I told my wife okay you eat half I'll eat half I don't know if the guy's supposed to eat it if the girl's supposed to eat even though roughly made we see that it's that, right fine so she ate half of them and I ate half of them nine months from when we, from when we ate to do the in my first daughter was born to the day to the day now the interesting thing about do the in is that whoever pulls the plant out of the ground Dies. Dies. You pull that plant out of the ground because that plant has a certain... It, 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 it lives in the earth, but it has a certain kadusha, a certain life of its own, and therefore you're not allowed to pull it out. Of, if you pull it out of the ground and you kill it, you kill it, you die. How do we know that? Anyone here know how we know that? Fascinating. So if you go to Parashas Vayichi, where Yaakov benched his children, listen to this. 
Listen, you come to my class, you hear things you don't hear other places. Well, the guys, you guys would never show up here otherwise, right? <laughs> Yaakov is benching Yisachar. Right? He's dying. He's about to die. He benches all his children. He says something that makes it very hard to understand. He says the following. Yisachar Hamar Goyrem. Yisachar, right? Hamar Goyrem, a donkey caused. Goyrem means caused. Yisachar, a donkey caused. What does that mean? So the Medrash says that Yisachar knew, right? Not Yisachar, Ruvay knew that if you pull the plant out, you're going to die. He knew that. So he tied it. No, Yisachar wasn't born. Ruvay, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda. So he tied the tail of a donkey to the plant. He, made, he hit the donkey. The donkey ran. The plant came out. The, the donkey died. Now, who was born from that night of Rachel switching with Leah? Leah was with Yaakov that night. It says that that night, who was conceived? Yisachar was the next one. Ruben, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar was born that night. So what caused Yisachar to be conceived that night that the Dudaim were given to Rachel to make the switch. Who caused the Dudaim to be able to, pull, to be pulled out of the ground? The donkey. So Yaakov said, Who caused you to be here, Yisachar? A donkey. Now I have to tell you that the Makobo in Eretz Yisrael who gave it to my father told my father that they knew about this. His son, they knew about this. So, I mean, I hope animal rights don't come after me for this, right? So they went ahead and they took a they, they, they bought a dog, right, a pet dog from, a, do- from a, a pet shop, and they took the dog into the field, and they tied the tail of the dog to the plant, and he tapped and pulled out the plant, and he said he died on the spot. The dog died on the spot. So if, if you see this from, if you see this in the Chumash, I have a whole safe run. Now if you go online and you look at Dudoim, so they have these people trying to sell them online, that they still have them, and they're growing. I, I remember what it looks like, and the stuff they're selling... I, they're not showing the plant, they're showing the seed. So it could be it's the same seed, but I haven't never seen the plant again. It grows every 10, 15, whatever it is, but there are people that are, that are trying to sell it, whatever it is. So I can tell you that, um, that do the in work. So the question over here is, why didn't she just give it to her? You know, she did her a favor, why didn't she do her a favor? So there's a fantastic chazal, so that you understand who Rachli Mena was. Leah never knew about the switch. Who did Lavan tell about the switch? That he's going to make a switch? He told Rachel. We said the she told Rachel. He didn't tell Leah. Now, why did Leah think, beautiful, why did Leah think that she was going to marry Yaakov? In other words, Leah never knew that Rachel was supposed to marry Yaakov. Leah knew that Yaakov was working seven years for the chief, but he was working for her. He never knew that Rachel, right? Why? Because it says that, so it's a very big question. What do you mean? She was supposed to marry Esau. Right? Why would, it says, Her eyes were swollen. So the Mepharshim say, why were her eyes swollen? She cried her whole life because she thought she was going to marry Esau. Why? Esau is the oldest. She was the oldest. Yaakov is the next one. And Rachel is the next one. So she thought, they looked in the stars, and the stars showed that the oldest is going to marry the oldest and the youngest is going to marry the oldest. So she was crying to Hashem, I don't want to marry this Russia, I don't want to marry Esau. What happens? Beautiful. What happens? Yaakov comes to Lavan. Lavan, who had met, who, who did he meet? 
he met Eliezer when he came for Rivka. When Eliezer came, he had gold rings and gold coins and, and bracelets, and he was, he was loaded. So he thought, if Yaakov was coming from Yitzchak, he also must be loaded. So he started feeling his jacket and everything. He's like, where's your gold? Where's your silver? He said, oh, I know what. And he, he must be hiding it in his, in his mouth. He used to hide diamonds in his mouth. So it says, he gave him a big kiss, right? And he felt his mouth. He gave him a nice squeezed kiss. There was nothing in his mouth. So he said to Yaakov, what's the deal? Your father, Yitzchak, came with all this money, and you're coming empty-handed? Yaakov said, I'll tell you what, I really had a lot of money. When I left my parents, I was coming to you with a lot of money. But Eliphaz, Esau's son, right, caught me and he was going to kill me. But because I learned with him that an Ani Chashuv Kameitz, a person who has no money, is considered like he's dead. So he was willing to strip my clothing, take all my money, take everything, and then he can go back to his father and say, like, I'm dead. He says, so, so, so Lovin said, why, why would he want to kill you? Why would your nephew want to kill you? He said, oh, you don't know. But, uh, but um, Esau, his father, sold the Bechorah to, to me. And I went ahead and took the bracha of the Bechorah. Lovin said, ah, really? Okay. Now, when Leah heard the story, she was jumping for joy. Because the star said that the Bechorah is going to marry her. The older one is going to marry her. And the younger one. Now, Esau was really born first. But he sold that. So she thought, ah, I see it in the stars. He's my husband. So she thought, she had no idea that there was supposed to be a switch. So what does that mean there's no idea? I just told you that she gave the simon. She told her, when he comes and he asks me the question, what are the three things? Say, I sat them, I wrapped them, and legal scenarios. So I'll say that she never, Rachel Imenu was such a tzaddikist stuff. When you do someone a favor and you're like, you know what I just did for you? I mean, I just saved your life. You know, I did. So, so the person, the whole favor is worthless. The person, the first person feels indebted. The, the, when you do someone a favor, that's why it says, what's the biggest tzedakah you can give a person? Anyone here know? What's the biggest tzedakah you can give a person? A job. Why? Because if I give you money, you feel indebted to me, like I'm a schlepper. You give someone a job, right? So even though you may, you, you, you may, and sometimes people, we hire people and someone else is paying actually for that person to have the job secretly behind. Because when a person works, you say, I, when you, you're not giving me tzedakah, I'm making the money. So that's fine. So the biggest... She never told Leah, she never told Leah that I'm giving you a code. What did she tell Leah? She said, Leah, you know, you're getting married tonight. There's something that you need to know. Leah said, what? She said, there's a Mishnah. There's something that when your husband comes home Friday, and he's going to ask three things. You want to know what three things he's going to ask? Leah said, what? Asartem, Araftem, Hiligosaneros. She didn't tell her that that was a code of any kind. She taught it to the, the day of her wedding. She said, I want to teach you something. You need to know once you're married and your husband comes home for Shabbos. So now Yaakov is with Leah in the room. It's dark. And now he knows that they're trying to make, you know, let me make sure that it's Rachel. So he says to her, so tell me, what are the three things that a man's supposed to say when he gets into the house? Leah was like, wow, it's good I learned this. She's like, I sought them, I raft them, and they go to I was like, wow, it's Rachel. Rachel never told Leah that she was giving her any kind of code. Leah never knew that Yaakov was supposed to marry Rachel. So now, Leah said to Rachel, I don't understand, I never said this to you before, but Yaakov's the Bukhar, and I'm the oldest one, and we got married, and that's what it was supposed to be. Why did you marry him afterwards? Why did you steal my husband's heart? Why, do I have to, why does he have to divide his love between the two of us? She really thought, in her mind, 
that she was supposed to marry Yaakov. Rachel never let her know. Now imagine at this point, you 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 gave up everything, the one you love. You came up with a trick. You didn't use it. You was you cared so much about your sister that you never told her what you did for her. And now she's saying to you, you stole my husband. I mean, how many people wouldn't say like, okay, you know what? I held it until now. Let me tell you what really happened. No. Not a word. She said, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. So you know what? I'll give him up for you tonight. Wow. That's mishabe. That's breaking your inner amigos. That, 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 and that's what, that's what he, she's telling Hashem. This is very important. She's telling Hashem, I didn't answer her. Not only didn't answer her, I gave up my husband that night. My husband, who was only supposed to be my husband, nobody else. I gave him up that night, Hashem. And now my sister's telling me, you stole me? And I, my, I didn't even tell her, you stole, I stole you. <laughs> you stole mine. Not only that, sister, I saved your life that night from not being embarrassed. I gave you a code that I made up with, my, with Yaakov that would, have, that would have had you thrown out of the room. She controlled it. I, I, don't know that, I don't know anyone in the world that could do that. She controlled it and said, you're right, you know what, maybe we can make a trade. You know, if you give me the dead to him, I'll give, I'll give him up again. You know, you know what, the, in, in psychology, you know what kind of trigger that is? You know what kind of crazy trigger that is? She's asking her to give her up again. You know, I, that's my whole story that I'm living with, that I gave up my husband, that you shouldn't be embarrassed. Now you're throwing it in my face, right? And what do you want? I have to give up my husband again? That's not going to trigger what happened the first time? It's a crazy trigger. Not a word. Okay, you can have him tonight. Just give me the dudayim. And that night, Yisachar was born, and right after that, because of the dudayim, Yosef was born. And I, and, and, and I, I don't, maybe it's not the dudayim, maybe it's because she broke, she totally broke her midos. She totally broke, I'll tell you a story. I think I told you a few, a few weeks ago, but it's very important for this story. She, she, maybe, maybe it's because she broke her, because she broke her midos. It's interesting, I went to the doctor afterwards, and I was like, wow, you know, there's this Jewish thing that, that's unbelievable if you take it. You know, I didn't have kids all the years, and Mamish, my wife, got pregnant the night that we took it. Like, you know, maybe we should, you should look into it. And the doctor was like, no, no, the reason that it worked was because since you believed in it, you were relaxed. You know, they'll never give credit where, you know, to do Daim, you know. So it's like a placebo. It's a placebo. I'm like, okay, forget it. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna tell them about do Daim, right? So, so maybe it was that she broke her midos. Maybe that's what, that's, that's what got her pregnant. That's why she had Yosef. She totally broke her meals. I'll tell you. I'll tell you where that's coming from. But anyway, why is she telling this whole thing to God? God knows this. First of all, what is she, she's showing off. Do you know what I did? You know what I was. So let me tell you why she was telling God. Listen carefully. So she says, "I gave this up to my that, that he would think that it's Rachel, not me, not her." I was underneath the bed. And he was talking to 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 to, to Leah by Nimeshaviu, and I was answering. So this is a little bit different than the other Mufar. Listen to what she says. Listen to why she's called Mamorach. So she turns to God, and I have it in this week's pasha. I don't know if we're going to have time. I have it in this week's pasha also by Akeda, and she turns to God and she says the following. She says, "Listen, Hashem." Surely me, I was made out of blood and flesh. Off of Afer, I am dust and ashes. 
I wasn't jealous of my sister. And I didn't allow her to be embarrassed. And you, you, the king of the world, Rachaman, who has pity, I wasn't jealous of my sister, and you are jealous of a bunch of idols that have no life. So she's giving Hashem Musa. She's saying, I wasn't jealous. I didn't let my, my sister be embarrassed. And I wasn't jealous, and I'm just a human being. You're destroying the Jewish nation because they're serving idols? You're jealous of a bunch of idols that do nothing? And she says, And you're causing my children to go into Golas. Forget the camera. It's not important. The shit is much more important. And you're causing my children to die? And, and, the, and the enemies are doing whatever they want? Immediately, says the Medrash. This is Hashem went from his Midas Hadin, from his Chir of Din, into his into his midah of Rachamim. And he said to Rachel, Because of you, Rachel, I am returning Klai Yisrael to their place. Will hold your voice from crying. He will wipe your eyes from its tears. Because there is a reward for all that internal hard work that you did on yourself. You came to me and you said, Surely a human being, me, could do this. Surely you could do this. Hashem said, Went from his Midas Adin and he went into his Midas Arachamim. Now, why am I telling you that? Maybe. Of course, the Jews do have this, have this power. But maybe the whole breaking of Ramidos. I, I think I said this a few weeks ago. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I only said it by the girls. I'm going to tell you a, a true story. A story that I was involved in. An absolute true story. So, I know a girl. Huh? Why do you not have to remind them of that? That's how you, that's how you doubt. Why do Moshe Rabbeinu have to say, Mechayinah uh, says, Okay, I'll, I'll keep them. That's how a person doubts. In other words, Hashem knows, but if you don't taina, right? You don't ask and you don't taina. She was mechutzah. She was like, I-, I can do it and you can't? Hashem said, you said good. That's part of Shiloh. That's, you have to talk to Hashem like she you talk. What? She changed the din, right? Power still 100%. But it wasn't the tefillah that changed the din. It's her, it wasn't her tefillah, it was her taina. It was what she was saying. I can do it and you can't. Hashem had to do it. She also went from din to, to rachamim. When she first found out about the trick, right, she was in din. She's like, no, 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 you're not pulling this off. I'm, I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen. She came up with this whole thing. She was in din. Then she said, I looked and I worked on myself. I controlled my loss. Then Barachamu, then I had pity on her. So Hashem, if I went from din to pity and I'm a human being, you got to go from din to pity. We, remember we learned about Christianity, if you break your right? So, So just a story, an unbelievable story. So there's a girl that I know that she um, didn't, didn't, couldn't get married. She couldn't get a shidduch. She was an older girl and she could not find a shidduch. Whoever she liked didn't like her. Whoever liked her, she didn't like. It just it wasn't happening in Shemayim. You could just see there was something very wrong. 
was just, it would get very close, and all of a sudden the guy would just say no. There was something going on. But she was already an older girl. So there was this Makubal, some of the guys maybe remember, he once in a while he used to come here. His name was Ravshani, who I was very close to. And Ravshani happened to have been in my house, and she wanted to get, she wanted to come over. Now Ravshani has, doesn't do it, but he has the ability, as some boys in this room know, he's unbelievable, he can read your palm. Unbelievable. Now palm reading is not Kedusha, it's not holiness. You can have Spanish ladies and Latinos, and, any, and not only Spanish and Latinos, people who, they happen to study, gypsies study, study the, the lines on the hand, but, but understanding the palm, the, you know, you can take a book in Barnes and & Noble and learn which lines mean which lines, because palm reading is like a map. Right, some people. There's a Jewish sefer on it also. No? What? There's a Jewish sefer on. on, on there's many sefer on parts of Hayat, right? There's many sefer. So, so palm reading is is like reading a map, right? So I don't know how to read a map, but there are people who can read a map and they know, you know, there's a key on the side to show you how far things are, and they can read a map and they can see the little streets and the big streets and the river and they know all the different signs on a map. They know how to read a map, right? This is a map. One hand is you have two hands. One hand, the lines never change. That's where you're born. There's a there's a plan. And then there's the hand that's called the living hand. This is the, one hand is the plan, and, and the other hand is there's a way to tell which hand is the plan and which hand is whatever. It's not important. Now the reason that Jews we don't go by palm reading is first of all, how do these lines show up? Like how do you get lines by, by squeezing and doing muscles? How do you get lines? So it says that when a person's neshama goes to shemayim every night, it writes in a sefer of what it did that day. When, that night while you're sleeping, it also writes in your hand. So so. If you if you know the hand that changes and you would and you would take a put your hand on a copying machine, right? You put a hand, and, and then you would look at it a year later. You'll see certain lines got longer, certain got short. Some made a right, some made a left. I watch. I know on my hand certain lines, and I watch them, and I watch them grow and go back and go to the side and go. But whatever, don't try to figure it out. Don't, don't try to figure it out. So, so yes, your two hands, your lines will not be the same because exactly what you're supposed to be when you came and exactly what's going on is never exactly. So anyway, to make a long story short, there are lines on a person's hand that are called marriage lines. And I know where they are. And you can tell how far, in other words, when that person gets married, by how far from a certain joint those lines are. And you can actually see how if they're going to marry more than one person or two, how many lines there are. Right? There's, there's a thing called marriage line. And then there's a place in your hand where it shows the children, how many children you're going to have. Children's lines. That's a person's palm. But being that everything changes when you get it every day, so what are you reading it for? Mm-hmm. You can have a guy that has a lifelong, he has a lifeline that shows he's going to live till he's 80. Then he goes out that night, he does a crazy Avera, and he drops dead the next day. Because, because the line just says which, what's going on until you make the changes. So every day the line changes. So if I'm going to tell you today something, but listen, tomorrow morning it's going to be totally different, so what am I telling you for? So we don't waste our time with, with, with palm reading. But there are certain things about palm reading that, that some Gedalim do look at certain things. Anyway, I happen to know, what I spent a lot of time, as you know, with Bukubalim. So there's certain lines in the hand that I know. I know the marriage lines and I know the children's lines. Those are some of the lines that I know. This girl comes and she said, you know, Rabbi Wallstein, maybe Rabbi Shani can read my hands. So Shani's like, no, no, no. He doesn't, he doesn't like to do that. She goes, I don't really think I'm ever going to get married. I just wanted to tell me that I have lines in my hand that I'm going to have children and I'm going to get married. So she kept begging and begging and she was so depressed and so, you know, and she's not a youngster, whatever it is. Rav Shani said, okay, turn over your hand. Let me see. And he looks at her hand and I'm at the same time, I'm sitting next to him. I'm looking also. 
and she, he's like, turn it this way, turn it this way, turn it that way. And I see she has no lines. She has no marriage lines. She has no children's lines. And I'm like, let me see your hand closer and closer because I'm, Hashem, help me here. It's one of my tamidot. Nothing. Zero. No marriage lines, no children's lines. So Rav Shani looks at me and I'm like, yeah, it looks like uh, pretty soon. Rav Shani says, yeah, within, within the next three years, but it looks like more within a year, there should be a shidduch and you're going to have many beautiful children. What are you going to tell us? You're going to break her heart? You know, send her out that you have no lines, right? Whatever it is. And yeah, really? She said, oh, thank you and thank you. She's so excited she walks out. I turn to Rav Shani because I'm very close to this girl. Rav Shani. I don't know about you know how this works exactly, but tefila is tefila. It overcomes anything. What what do we do? How do we misak in this? She, I never saw a girl that has no hand, that has no lines. She says, I, I don't think she's going to ever get married. I'm like Rav Shani, just give me a tikkun, give her a tikkun, give us a tikkun, whatever it is. He says, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, it doesn't look good. Okay, so I have her name. I'm davening Shani. She's a very, very from girl. And one day, she comes to me and she says, you know, Rabbi Wallstein, my family's going away for, for Pesach, and I really don't want to go with them because um, it's not going to be good. It's, it's a very modern, mixed crowd, mixed swimming, mixed everything. She's very from, right? And I'm going to hate it. And there's boys and there's people walking around in that dress. And I really, really don't want to go. But my parents said that, you know, the whole family's going, my uncles, my cousins, and if I don't go, I'm going to embarrass them in front of the whole family. And they're very upset. I don't know what to do. Whatever you say, Rebbe, I'll do. I'm like, thank you. Thank you very much for bringing it to my plate. <laughs> said, I said, okay, we'll call Rebbe Gamaliel. We'll call my Rebbe. I can't, I can't tell you what to do. We'll call my Rebbe. So I called my Rebbe. I said, Rebbe Gamaliel, this is the situation. He says, it's a girl, it's a boy or a girl? I'm like, it's a girl. He says, no. So there's no, there's no pretzes when it comes to what a girl sees. He said, tell her not to go to the pool. And tell her not to go places where, you know, bars, and, you know, where they drink, whatever they're doing. And, and she should sit by herself and she should sit by the Seder and with her parents by eating. And other times, take a Seder, take a book, sit in the corner. It's normal for a girl to sit on a couch and read a book or whatever it is. Don't embarrass your parents. Okay. Comes after Pesach, true story. Comes after Pesach, and she comes home and she says, I had the most miserable time of my life. Everybody was walking around half dressed, it wasn't sneers, the women were talking about davening, the men were talking about davening. Wallerstein, it was a disaster. I said, But what about your parents? Are they happy? She goes, They don't know anything. They don't know. This was an internal struggle. I sat by the table and I smiled and I played with my cousins and I helped them with the Seder. They thought I had the greatest time. They are so happy. I said, good. So you suffered? No. I said, you suffered. But Lamaisa, you did a big mitzvah, give it up. Next boy she married. After Pesach. Next boy she went out with, she got married. She's expecting in a month. Her first child. No lines. No lines. Why? Because it's not up to lines. When you break your teva, 
When you break your nature, I don't want to be there. This is not who I am. This is way too much modern for me. I don't want to have anything to do with this. She went. She did kibbutz of aim. She sat there like Ruckley Mano. Oh, I don't want to do this. But I'm going to do this. Because it's the right thing. Because I'm looking in the mirror at the end of the day. I don't want to hurt my parents. Ruckley Mano said at the end of the day, I don't want to hurt my sister. Well, you get lines where there are no lines. Married to the next boy. She's just married. Right, my mom, it's just happened. She's expected to meet Hashem, a healthy child, in one month. No lines. You don't need lines. You break your teva. You break your nature. So it could be she came into this world, and for whatever reason, naturally she cannot have children. And naturally she didn't have a zivug. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu went ahead and said, you broke the mazel, the nature that you were born in? said, I have to break it. If you break it, I have to break it. That's what Rachel Imenu did. Rachel Imenu, that's why she's called Mama Rachel. Because for my kids, for my kids, I will stand up to you, Hashem, and I will tell you, you can do what I can do, you have to do what I have to do. That's a mother. A mother has no respect for anyone when it comes to protecting her own kids. All bets are off. The bear, you keep shooting at him. When, it's, when, when it's, a bear's come, you can shoot at him, you can throw missiles at him. He will come and kill you, and then he'll go down and drop dead. But I remember we had beers up in the mountains and all my friends were like, we're going to buy guns and state troopers came and they gave a whole lesson. Like, you know, you shouldn't leave your garbage out and they have sirens to make noise to scare them. And one of my friends says, what to scare them? I have a shotgun. <laughs> really? So the trooper said, listen to me. He said, the, the beer that's in our neighborhood is a, is a, is a female beer and she, ha- and she has cubs. I forgot the word for it. She, ha- she has cubs. And she's walking around with her cubs. He says, let me tell you something. He said, you can have a shotgun and you can have a, a, an elephant gun. That beer will come at you and will not stop. You can pump it full of lead. It will not stop till it kills you. Then it will die. That's a mama bear. Yeah, then it will die. Because it, it won't die from the gunshot. It will, it will die from the gunshot. It, but it won't, it won't go down because the adrenaline of a mother to protect its, its cub, you're not stopping it with nothing. Not with a tank. That was Rachel Imeno. That was Mama Rachel. She stood up in front of Hashem. She wasn't called Hashem. And she said, Hashem, I did this. You have to do that. And every person in this room has that kayach. It's a crazy kayach. You may not have a line for panasa. You may not have a line for health. You may not have, you may have, your lines may be very bad on your hands. And that you have bad mazel, right? So naturally, you're in big trouble. But if you're able to be marvel midaisev, if you're able to break your din, your judgment of other people, your hardness, your lack of, 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 of empathy, right? If you're able to break that, like she broke her midah, then you have a right to tell Hashem, listen, I don't know what's on my hands, and I don't know what naturally, when I was born under what star, and what's supposed to happen, and all that other stuff. All bets are off Hashem, because I just went, someone just embarrassed me in front of everybody, and I didn't answer. I didn't answer. I broke my midos. So, you know, there's a person stage four cancer and they said they're terminally ill and they have maybe a month to live and naturally this person cannot live but I just broke my nature so God, you got to break your nature and you have to give this person life. You have to do that. You have to do crazy miracles. Is it easy to do? No. Rachel Meno admitted it is very hard to be insulted and not answer. It's very hard to say, what do you mean? I deserve this. You don't deserve this. She said, she was human. She said, it was very, very hard to give up my husband. 
And it must have been crazy hard when Leah said to her, you stole my husband. Because Rachel knew that she never knew, Leah never knew what she did for her. You know what it is to live your whole life and, and, and the person doesn't know what you did for them? And then, not only that, they, they, they criticize you or they let you have it and you don't answer? So you can say, that was Rachel Imenu, Rabbi Wallerstein. I can't be like that. And the answer is no. Look at the first part of, the, first part of, of, of this medrash. When she started, she said, Huksha Elai Ma'od. That wasn't me. I didn't want to get, I didn't want to let my sister, I was going to embarrass her in front of everyone. I came up with this whole scheme to make sure that she doesn't get tricked. I wasn't born this way. I wasn't born Rachli Menu. No, I worked on myself. And I broke my lust. And I broke my taiva. And I broke my midos. And that's how I be, she became Rachli Menu. And that's why Akash Baruch listens to her. Because she went from Din to Rachamim and anyone here, you might be right, and the guy deserves to be fired. And you might be right, you caught someone doing something, you know, stabbing you in the back. And you might be right. And you're sitting in your Kisei Din. I'm 100% right what I just did. But then you can't ask Hashem to go from his Kisei Din to Rachamim because you did it. The only way you can do that is if you do that. If you go from your Din to Rachamim, you can ask Hashem to go from your Din to Rachamim. And that's what we learned from the yard side. Roughly, you may know that, that, that she didn't start that way, but that's who she became. And Kershbaru said, all that work on your midos, all that work, look what happened in the end. It gave you the mouth. Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't say it. Avram couldn't say it. Yitzhak couldn't say it. Yaakov couldn't say it. All that work paid off. What work? What work paid off? That she got up and yelled at Hashem and threatened him and, and, and challenged him? No, that wasn't work. All the work you did on yourself, it paid off, Rachel. You just saved Christ, Rachel. We should all be excited to see her. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.